Hey there, you're listening to the Sunshine Speechy Podcast. I'm your host, Nancy, bringing you all the information you need to know about getting into SLP graduate school and becoming a successful SLP. Join me every other Wednesday as I talk to SLP experts about current research and methods in the field, as well as undergraduate and graduate students and everyday SLPs just like you and I. If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a positive review to help others find my podcast. Make sure you don't miss out on additional resources and more by following me on Instagram at Sunshine Speechy. In addition, check out my YouTube channel, where I share even more advice about the graduate school application process, as well as my own experience in graduate school. Today, we're talking to a current SLP graduate student all about how she decided to go into speech pathology as a second career. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Sunshine Speechy Podcast. I'm your host, Nancy, and today I'm joined by Kate. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Nancy. Yeah, so just to start out, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name's Kate, and I just finished the spring semester of my first year of graduate school in an SLP master's program at the University of Delaware. Congrats. That's exciting. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you started out in, in a completely different career, totally unrelated to speech. So how and why did you decide to change careers and how did you kind of end up in speech pathology? So I did, um, get my bachelor's in graphic design about five years ago. So you're right. Totally, totally different field. Um, and probably I would say I was, you know, going through that and by about the second semester in junior year of getting my bachelor's, I kind of wasn't sure that I wanted to do graphic design as a career and I kind of developed this desire to have more of a helping career. Um, and it was at that point I actually started about thinking, I started thinking about going into teaching, uh, but I decided I was kind of so far along in the degree already. I was like, well, I'll finish out, um, finish out my degree in this field and you know see where that takes me and I did actually get my substitute teaching certificate around that time so I dabbled in that a little bit to kind of get a feel for if I would want to eventually move into teaching Mm -hmm. and then after I graduated uh, with my bachelor's I actually kind of wanted to travel a bit Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to take sort of a gap year and I went to Ireland where I was an au pair for about a year oh that's so cool Yeah, it was an awesome experience. Uh, And so after that, I came home and I was like, okay, well, time to look for a job in graphic design, uh, which I did. And probably about a dozen interviews later, I did get a full-time job uh, as a packaging designer for a consumer electronics company. Um, So I wound up doing that for two years total and kind of, I think, pretty early on into that job. Honestly, I was like, I don't think I see myself doing this for the rest of my life. Um, I just was looking for something more fulfilling. Um, more of a helping career and I also didn't love being you know behind a desk all day Um, so yeah so which ironically with COVID-19 that's kind of where we've ended up is behind a screen at a desk all day but um, hopefully you know that will not that is not a forever thing so um, as I was working there I started looking more into becoming a teacher um, and I was looking into doing um, in New Jersey there's an alternate route program where if you have a bachelor's uh, there's a few extra steps and you can become a teacher. So I was looking 
into that. And then I don't even remember exactly how, but somehow the idea of speech pathology popped into my head. Um, and I guess it was not a career that I was overly familiar with. It was definitely something I had heard of and was aware of, um, but it just kind of popped into my head and I was like, oh, actually, I think I could see myself doing that. So I did a lot of research on it, kind of just Googling whatever I could, trying to you know, find different blogs of people's experiences as SLPs. And then I was kind of like, I think this is a better, uh, a better fit for me. Um, one of the reasons I kind of at first was thinking that I would become an SLP in a school, and I kind of liked the fact that it would be with smaller groups of kids or one-on-one -on -one instead of a whole classroom. Um, and also there's a good job outlook, which was another kind of motivating factor, um, especially at least in New Jersey compared to teaching um, can be really tough to get into. Um, so I did all that and it was in August of 2018 that I left the full-time job and I did um, a post back year at a university in New Jersey. So I kind of got all my leveling courses and prerequisites applied to school. And then it was in 2019 um, that I started my master's at the University of Delaware. So that is where I'm at now. So yep, it's been fall, winter, and spring semester in the books. <laughs> That's crazy. That's awesome. Sorry, my dogs are barking at everyone outside, so hopefully you can't hear that. <laughs> yeah, that's so honestly like brave that you were able to take that plunge. I feel like it would it's just like so nerve-wracking to decide that you want to kind of start all over. So that's really cool that you're able to do that. Um, so tell us about how you were able to prepare your resume, your academic courses, I guess you talked about that a little and your GRE scores for speech pathology graduate school? Because that's a pretty overwhelming process. Sure, yeah, it definitely, it was a lot of work and it was definitely stressful at times. And you know, I'll admit there was times where I'm like, do I really want to be doing this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> leaving, it's like, oh, I've got a full-time job and a set career path here. Um, but so I started looking into um, how to, you know, get into that field. And I, you know, luckily, I was able to do courses within a year instead of having to get like a whole new bachelor's degree. Um, so I know it's kind of called in different schools, they call it like a post-bac year or some people call it leveling courses. Um, where I went, I think they actually called it a pre-professional program, um, which I didn't get. There's really no like certificate or anything that comes with it. It's just that you've you know, completed these courses and getting the credits for them at the undergrad level. Uh, so that was at uh, that particular, it was Kane University in New Jersey I went to. It was, I believe, seven courses. So it was like phonetics, basic audiology, um, A&P, stuff like that. Um, and then also, so that was kind of, um, I applied to that, which that was a pretty simple application process. I think it was just kind of, um, you had to already completed a bachelor. So just kind of sending that transcript in and I think a personal statement, something of that nature. Um, and then I started taking the courses there. And then of course, um, let's see, I think Stats Bio and Chem, um, Psych 101 I had already had um, from, from my um, bachelor's. So yeah, going through that. And then the GRE was another, <laughs> another, whew, I know I everybody. That, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm very um, upfront about how much I hate the GRE, so. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So um, I, let's see, I think I took it in like the fall. So I was like pretty, I did everything pretty quickly. Um, and I had just taken out books from the library and just tried to study as much as possible. Um, and take, um, I think on the GRE, there was kind of 
free like free practice tests that you could take that were timed and would give you like a like estimated score um so I just did that as much as possible um and then I took them and luckily did um decently decently enough on my first try because that was in I think November that I took it and grad school applications were due in January so I didn't really have um time at that point to redo it so yeah so it was a process of Jerry's getting letters of rec um which luckily yeah, I think all my letters of rec wound up coming from uh, professors um, at that school. And then also I had done some observation hours, um, the 25 observation hours. I had completed those as well. So I got to um, observe some, some interesting settings. Um, and then resume, and then yeah, just sent all my stuff. I wound up applying to five schools total. Um, so my program, um, the classes that I had taken, it did, um, it was enough prerequisites for most schools in this kind of New Jersey, New York, Delaware area, Pennsylvania. Um, but there are definitely some schools, I think, in other parts of the country that there were some prereqs that I would have been missing um, with this program. But for me, I felt like, okay, I've got a, it's a solid base and I've got, you know, enough options to choose from. So then, yeah, I just kind of sent everything along and waited uh, with everything crossed <laughs> to yeah. hear back. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I definitely narrowed things down based on like how many prerequisite courses I would have to take because it's mm -hmm. crazy to take like 10 prerequisite courses just for one program. I definitely know mm -hmm. that. So you said you got your letters of recommendation from the program that was like the pre-professional program? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good to know. Um, so what was the biggest challenge of applying to graduate school as a second career and how did you overcome it? So I think probably the biggest challenge was mostly kind of just an inner sort of self-doubt, um, kind of feeling like, ooh, like this is a very different field. Um, are people gonna take me seriously? Or be like, well, that's like, no, of course she can't be an SLP from that field. Um, but I kind of just realized like I am passionate about this field and I really have a desire to help other people. Um, and like life is too short to stay unhappy yeah. in a career. So, um, and then I guess another part too, with a little bit of the self doubt, I was like others have had like kind of four years of wearing this in undergrad and I've just started learning about this field a year ago. Um, so I kind of had that little voice in the back of my head, but I just, you know, I've got a really supportive family and friends that were like, no, I think you'd be, you know, really good in that career um and so I just was like okay I just got to go for it yeah I I feel that a little bit as like an out of major applicant and I've had a lot of people say that like they feel intimidated by the people who had four years to prepare you know mm -hmm. so I definitely feel that um so how have your experiences in your other jobs helped you to become a better SLP that's a great question and I think more than you might think. Um, so I obviously had the experience with substitute teaching um, and then some babysitting over the years. So that kind of, you know, helped gain experience with children on um, just how to talk with children and their needs. And then um, in my job as a graphic designer, I think I learned kind of general skills that, you know, would serve you well in any career. So time management, responsibility, kind of receiving feedback and then collaborating with others. Um, and then I really saw kind of a somewhat of a, par a slight parallel between um, graphic design because graphic design and speech language pathology because graphic design is about communication. So um, it's kind of 
presenting information in the clearest way possible um, and you know changing your things to better get the message across and I think that has made me um, adaptable in treating clients and explaining things to parents and just kind of with you know with design the first design you do that's never the last you go back and you change it to make it better to make it the best you can be and I see that in therapy um, as you're choosing interventions you really have to change them up and make sure you're meeting the needs of the client so I'm just used to things not being one and done I'm used to kind of well this is not working quite right let's go back in what can I do to make it better what changes need to be made yeah that's a really interesting perspective I wouldn't have thought of it that way I think graphic design is so interesting to me and I really don't know very much about it but do, do you feel like graphic design has helped you like create any sort of resources for your clients or do you think it might help you in the future yeah so it's definitely I think been nice um kind of being handy with like Photoshop and Illustrator. Um, I do use kind of, I think the same resources everyone uses like lesson picks and stuff, but sometimes it's been like, no, I need this in this exact size or I need to change the color of this. Um, and so it is handy to kind of have, yeah, have that skill set that I could just change it really quickly. Um, yeah. And then I, I did have, it was funny, a class. Um, actually I did um, get hired um, kind of per diem at my school to do some graphic design for some of the, the SLP labs. Oh, <laughs> um, like wow, the first, that's so cool. Yeah, it was really funny because I, you know, we're um, doing icebreakers and everything and orientation. And I was like, yeah, like I was a graphic designer. And I think like it was like the second day of school. Um, uh, one of the professors there that runs lab was like, actually, we could use some graphic design help uh, <laughs> for our, for some of our labs. Can we hire you? Um, so that was fun because I do still like I still love design I always will so it's nice to be able to do it a little bit here and there um, and you know making resources for clients um, and then I had another course um, where we had a group project to make kind of a checklist about you know developmental milestones so in everybody in my cohort knows that I come from a design background so they were all like Kate you're gonna yeah is <laughs> right and I was like yeah not a problem um, so it's, <laughs> it's fun to be able to do yeah little things here and there and still still use that that part of my brain yeah, I would think so for sure. I feel like SLP is like we oftentimes don't have that skill set. So like the graphics that we do make look like they're from like the 90s. <laughs> so what has been the biggest challenge and your biggest triumph so far in SLP grad school? So I would say I think the biggest challenge, um, similar to the biggest challenge in just applying to grad school is the kind of self-doubt piece. Um, so kind of, I think that's just a theme personally in my life. Um, but so working through that and then also um, learning time management skills um, and kind of keeping that school life balance. Um, I would say I think graduate school definitely is more, you know, work, the workload is heavier than in undergrad. Um, so just managing that um, and still finding time to, you know, spend time with friends and family and for self care. Um, and then I think my biggest triumph um, kind of aside from you know facing all those things is just kind of becoming a competent student clinician um, is pretty fulfilling because it's like that's why we're all in this field you know yeah. it's not to get A's on tests or anything like that um, so to have supervisors be like oh wow you're doing like you're doing really great like you're growing so much like you're becoming a clinician um, that's definitely been the, the best part and the biggest um, accomplishment yeah, I'm so excited. Well, I'm nervous for when they tell me that 
I'm running a session horribly, but it's definitely going to yeah. be <laughs> when they're finally say, you know, oh, that actually, I think you did make a difference or I think you did get through to them. That's got to be really cool. For sure. For sure. Yeah. It's definitely uh, nerve wracking at first and you will, everybody makes mistakes at first. Um, but it is really awesome, especially now that I'm like a year out and I could look back at in the very beginning um, to where I'm, where I've come now. Um, and it's really awesome to see that transition and improvement. Yeah. So is there any advice, other advice or like information that you'd like to share with future or current second career SLPs? I know like it is, it's just like this giant self-doubt or you feel like it's too much or you feel like, oh, like it's too late in the game. Sorry, I'm kind of just rambling, but yeah. Do you have any advice for those people? Um, I would say, um, you know, definitely recognize that it is tough to make the transition, um, but if you're really passionate about it, um, don't give up. Um, I, you know, there's someone in my cohort now that is in their 40s. Um, in my, um, I've met along my path in my other pre-professional programs, some um, career change folks. So it's definitely doable. Um, and it is, if you think that you know you're coming from two different a career and your skills won't apply um i think i'm the perfect example that you literally can come um from any career if you put the work in um and you're passionate about it um you can do it and i think um i think having in some ways it is a kind of beneficial to have like a work experience i think that shows kind of a maturity um as well when you're looking, when uh, schools are looking at applicants. Yeah, so it's definitely, don't think that it's, you know, don't think that it's a hindrance that you were working in a different career for however many years. Um, It can actually be beneficial to you. Um, And then also, I guess, shadow SOPs as much as possible and, you know, do as much research and just, yeah, make sure it is really something that you're passionate about and what you want to go for it. And yeah, I just feel like at the end of the day, life's just life's too short to be, (laughs) to be unhappy in a career. It's such a big part of your life. So I think that's, yeah, it's really important to me to kind of just go for it. Yeah, that's awesome advice. And I do like, I'm so young right now that it's like, oh, like changing your career at 40 would be so daunting. Um, And like, so late in the game, but really you have like 30 more years left to work. So why not Mm -hmm. do what you actually do love? I totally love that. Yeah, yeah. It's never too late. <laughs> exactly. So is there anywhere that people can reach you if they want to just ask you questions about being a second career SLP or if they, you know, want to see your resources or whatever? Sure. Yep. Um, if anybody has any questions um, about, you know, going into SLP as a second career, um, they could feel free to send me an email. Um, my personal email is kanderson1493 at gmail.com. Um, so, and I could type that out for you too, but yep, not a problem. Um, I'd be more than happy to answer any questions anyone has. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. You have been such an awesome and cool perspective that you were able to go from something totally unrelated and just like break out and just succeed and just like, it's so exciting now you have your, well, almost after this year, you'll have your whole life ahead of you to be in a career that you love and I'm just so excited for you that's gonna be awesome thanks Nancy yeah thanks for having me on this was a lot of fun thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of the sunshine speechy podcast